Welcome to Unlawyerly, where we talk about life, the pursuit of happiness, and some law. This is Ramin. It's time to get unlawyerly. There's a quote by a Sufi poet, and Sufi basically means spiritual master. And for those of you who have followed me well long ago when I had the inner peace be upon you newsletters, you'll recognize this. The quote goes like this. God long ago drew a circle in the sand around the exact same spot that you are standing. You were never not coming here. This was never not going to happen. There's a lot in that. And you got to love the double negatives, don't you? It makes you stop and think. When I first read or came upon this quote, it made me stop and think because it makes you realize that a lot of the things that happens on this journey that we call life was meant to happen. It was written. And yes, there are a lot of people that believe that, you know, things just happen and there is no meaning behind it or there's not as much meaning as we put emphasis on it. But personally, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that everything that has happened in our life was written for us or was meant for it to happen, for us to take something away from it, for us to learn from it. And in this last episode of our first series of Unlawyerly, I want to speak with you all about some lessons learned. Because what is the point of being on this journey that we call life if we don't stop and just reflect and see what we have learned up to this point and share that knowledge and see if it helps someone else? One of the lessons that I've learned is that each one of us, we have the ability to make the changes that we need to make. In fact, deep down inside, we all know what we need to change when something does not feel right, when something does not look right. And that's that inner voice, that instinct. But through time, we have learned to quiet that inner voice out. The other voice tells us, don't do this. The inner voice, the other voice talks about fear, about not getting outside of your comfort zone. But deep down inside, we know the hard truths in our lives and we know if we were to make certain changes, it would be better for us. But of course, it's easier to stay in the comfort zones, even if those comfort zones may not necessarily be the best thing for us. But when we start moving outside of those comfort zones, when we start to get uncomfortable, we start to realize that it wasn't as bad as we thought. In fact, it's better. And the thing is, You have to take comfort in knowing that if you ever wanted to revert back to where you were, you could always go back to it. But it does take, it does require time, effort, and being courageous to do things that are different. When I was at UVA during my first semester, I was very uncomfortable. I was in a place where it was very unknown for me. I grew up in a very diverse area when I was in grade school. And when I came to UVA, I felt like that was really lacking. I remember having a conversation with my sister during the end of my first semester, and I just told her, I think I want to transfer out. I don't think that UVA is the place for me. And she listened, and she told me, Ramin, give it one more semester, and if you don't like it and you feel the same way, transfer out. I trust her opinion. I said, okay, I will. And yes, it was difficult. Yes, it really pushed me outside of my boundaries of my comfort zone, but I really made my experience and time of myself. I made UVA my own. In fact, I even stayed to finish my master's over there. 
but it did require me to to really push myself to do something different to be able to grow. And I have a lot of growth experience. That's where I met that one friend of mine. And I don't think I would have if I had not stayed. I've recently gotten into cycling during this period that I'm retired. And uh, you have an instructor, and I, I really like the instructors that not only push you physically, but they also feed you mentally and spiritually. And one of the instructors, while we were cycling, said, you know, every day you wake up with a chance and a choice. And it's so true. You know, sometimes I, I remember waking up and I just felt like it was the same routine. It was Groundhog's Day, repeating the same thing over and over again. And there's this one book that I read by Dan Millman called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. There's a lot of valuable nuggets in there. But one of the things that you take from the book that I took from the book was there are no ordinary moments in life. Even those times that we feel like it's Groundhog's Day, that we're waking up and doing this exact same thing, there are no ordinary moments. Every time, every day is unique. And so this part where you wake up with a chance and a choice, you really do. When you wake up in the morning, you have an opportunity for renewal. Even if the day before, the week before, the month before, did not go your way, you really have an opportunity to start. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be big. Small incremental changes over time makes a huge difference. And with everything that I've put my mind to, it's because I broke it down into small pieces. And each day I said, you know what? It's an opportunity for me to tackle X, Y, and Z. But each day you really do wake up with a chance and a choice. Now, of course, you could take that chance and a choice and say, you know, I'm going to repeat the exact same thing that I did yesterday. I'm going to have the same behavior as before. I'm going to put myself in the same position that I was in that I'm not content, happy, or satisfied with. Or you have the chance and the choice to say, you know what? Let me start making those small incremental changes to move away from those things that did not necessarily make me feel good. But you do have a chance and a choice every single day. Another lesson that I've learned is that God will always place the people that need to be in your life when you're making change. You have to make the effort. You have to make, have the intention to make certain changes. But God will always put the people that need to be there to guide you. And I just remember when I was at the FERC and I was thinking about going to school part-time and I talked with my director about it. And he was extremely supportive. In fact, when it was time for the summer associate program for big law, and that's the way you get yourself into the door to work in big law, I had to take an extended period of time off to be able to attend the program. And I remember having this conversation and I was a little bit nervous because it could have also meant that, you know, I was not able to work full time anymore when the program was done. But he told me, he said, remain, use your vacation days, use whatever time you have when you're done with the program. Even if you need to leave, be on leave with, with uh, the work here, we'll hire you back. We'll take you back. And that in itself was a blessing because I knew I had to do the summer associate program. But it also meant that I had to take time off. And there he was easing my worries because I personally believe God put me in that place to be able to get me to the next step. And this isn't just unique to FERC. When I was in grade school, when I was in college, even at the big firms, the right people were there to help be my mentors, 
to be my guide, to help me navigate through life. Even when I was going through the question of, do I leave big law? Do I let go of all this? I had people to talk with and people who helped guide me and share with me their experiences. But I truly believe that the right people will be there in the moment that you need it, but you have to take the initiative to start implementing whatever thing it is that you're trying to do. I've also mentioned this concept of risk. Now, some of you may thought that I was talking about risk, R-I-S-K, but it's R-I-Z-Q, and it's an Arabic word. And as I had mentioned, it's related to money, but it's greater than money. And the thing about risk is you really have to let go of control. Of course, you take the initiative, you do whatever you can, and then you let go and you let God do his work with it. And so for me, it was very difficult because I've always tried to control every aspect of my life and I've always tried to plan. Now, risk is greater than just money. It has to do with you know, health, with children, with a lot of other things. And the one thing that I've learned up to this point that the is this, the greatest form of risk is inner peace, well-being, going to sleep soundly at night, waking up and realizing that everything is okay. That is the greatest form of risk, not money. But whatever is meant to come your way, it will. You know, when I was talking with my wife and we were re-watching this series, one of the things that she asked me was, you know, Ramin, do you regret going to law school? Do you regret working in big law? Because it may come out that you're saying, don't do it, stay far, far away. And you know what? The answer is no, I don't have any regrets whatsoever. I really enjoyed my experience going to law school. And law school teaches you how to think like a lawyer. And I, I, that's how I, I think like a lawyer. And even when I'm having conversations with my son, it's funny because now I tell him, it's as if I'm speaking with a mini lawyer when I'm speaking with him. Because when I ask things or when I look at things, I solve it or I look at it in the way that a lawyer does because that's how I've been trained. And I'm seeing that he's doing the exact same thing. It's just so interesting. But I told my wife that, no, I really enjoyed my experience in big law. The work that I was doing in energy and renewables, I was passionate about. You know, I felt like I was putting a good product out there and I was, I was doing my part to help with the things that I I thought was important. It just, it got to a certain point where my value system was imbalanced, was not in sync. And so I had to make the changes, but I don't regret it. And in fact, one of my friends from one of my firms had reached out and said, Hey, I have a colleague who is thinking about going to law school part-time. Would you mind speaking with them and sharing your experience? And my conversation was not to discourage that person. I encouraged going to law school, if that was something that they were interested in. I was very honest about what it would mean to be a part-time student and work full-time. I told them that being a lawyer opens a lot of opportunities, a lot of doors, and you can do so much with it. So I have no regrets going to law school, working in big law. I have no regrets with anything that I've done. Again, it goes back to the idea that everything is meant to happen in your life journey in the way that it's supposed to. And you have to learn to navigate which way you go, because you don't have a book, you don't have a crystal ball. The other thing that we had discussed was, you know, do you need to do something drastic, leaving big law and deciding to retire? And I don't consider what I did drastic because this was a formulation of things that incremental changes that led me to it. But some people may look that it's drastic. Why didn't you just go to another firm? Why didn't you go in-house? Why didn't you do something else within law? And for me, 
I haven't let go of my bar licenses. I'm still a lawyer. I'm not practicing in Bigel. I do consider myself retired. That avenue is still for, there for me. But it wasn't that it was drastic. I asked a lot of tough questions. I had to figure out my purpose, my why, and then from there make a decision. But I think when you are making changes, changes need to be gradual. They need to be incremental. And you have to have a good sense of your purpose, your why, because otherwise it may not work out. And the truth of the matter is, look, if you were to ask me, do I feel as if I made the right decision? Do I have any regrets with the decisions that I made? I don't know 100% if it was the right decision, but it felt right. And I listened to that inner voice, that instinct. Will I know what the ultimate outcome of it is in the future? I don't, but I'm okay with that. Because if all else, I can always go back to what I was doing if that's what's in it's written for me or if that's what I realize I need to do. But I do feel that I, I made a decision based upon certain pillars that I had started and I had reassessed it over a period of time. And I finally got to it that I realized I had to wait, move away from the fear, from being scared. And had to look at it from the standpoint that I was redefining a way of life for myself. In the very first episode, I had talked about my friend, my friend that had asked me the question of how do you define success? And it was a very odd question for me at that point in time because I thought that the definition of success was very standard for a lot of people. And I'm realizing that there are a lot of similar overarching parts of the definition. I've realized that. Each person's definition is going to be a little different. And what I wanted to say is, as of right now, the way that I define success are as follows. One, I think a big part of my definition of success really comes down to raising kids, raising good kids, uh, in the sense that I teach them and I'm there for them everything that I, I know. Now, again, I'm not saying that those people who are working parents, who are working in Bidlow, or whatever the case may be, that these people are not good parents. They're fantastic parents. I have a lot of colleagues who are working parents. I just realized for me, based upon my pillars that I had set for my value system, things were out of whack. They were not in balance. But I realized that the kids are an investment. It's like, for those of you who like gardening, planting something. You have to take care of it. You have to water it. You have to nurture it. And while you may not see the fruits of your labor initially, there are roots growing underneath. And those roots will eventually sprout. And based upon how it was nurtured, that's what's going to tell you about the survival or the, the, the ultimate end result of that plant growing. And I feel the same way about kids. And I just realized that this is my time for, for, for me to really be there to help nurture their growth because it's going to come to a certain point where that's not going to be the case. The other thing as part of my definition of success is, is realizing when is enough enough? You know, at what point in time do you realize that you have all that you really need? Because otherwise, we're just going to keep striving and wanting more. And look, as part of my faith in Islam, there's nothing in there that says you can't have material wealth or the good of this world. There's nothing wrong with that. Everything needs to be done in moderation and in balance. But you can strive to do more, to get more in this world. I also mentioned that my friend, I asked him, how do you define success? And I told you all during the first episode, and I have not forgotten, that I was going to give you what his answer was. And look, this answer was unique for him. It resonated with me. 
I don't know how it, you're going to take it or how you will perceive it because it's going to be based upon your own life experiences. But what he told me was the way that he defined success was when he dies, he dies in a state of belief in God because that was important for him. And for me, it really stopped me because it was so different from my definition of success. And it just made me think. Now, of course, I continued on with life. And that was in the back burner. I kept coming back to it. But it always stuck with me. And what I do is I, I meditate on death. I know it's morbid. But the thing is, regardless of what faith, what background, whoever you are, the one thing that's going to happen to all of us, we're all going to taste death. We're all going to die. And me, I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm hoping I will have a long, healthy, happy life. I can see my kids grow, you know, with my wife to continue on this journey. But the truth of the matter is I don't, I don't know when that time is going to be. And when I meditate on death, I just think about what is it that I'm going to look back on and think that is and was important for me? What are the decisions that I made that I knew I was going to be happy with? And I just realized that the decisions that I've made up to this point, I don't think I'm going to have any regrets about it. And what I want to do is I want to leave you all with this last quote, because we all are going to make certain decisions We're going to take certain actions and we're not going to know whether or not those were the right ones. But this quote, and I can tell you where this quote came from, but the origination of as far as who came up with it is very uncertain. So I'm just going to read the quote itself. But it gives me solace knowing that whatever we end up doing in life, so long as we continue and we try to do things that we ourselves consider to be the right decisions or it felt right. Just continue to go about it without regrets. And this is a quote. No amount of guilt can change the past. And no amount of worrying can change the future. Go easy on yourself, for the outcome of all affairs is determined by God's decree. If something is meant to go elsewhere, it will never come your way. But if it is yours by destiny, from it, you cannot flee. That is the end of our first series for Unlawyerly. I really, really appreciate and grateful for those of you who continued on this journey for me. And I hope and pray that the message got out to those that wanted to hear it, that those that needed to hear it, and that you all did get something from it. For our next series, I'm not sure what the topic is yet, but here at Unlawyerly, we're going to talk about life the pursuit of happiness, and some law. So we'll come up with a very different series and we'll discuss those things and I'll let you all know. But for the time being, please feel free to catch me on Instagram at Unlawyerly with Ramin. You can catch us on our website, unlawyerly.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and we can let you know when the new series is going to be coming. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube page. If you've liked it, if something has resonated with you, If you wanted to make a comment or have a question, leave those, share it with others, and we'll talk very soon. For now, my name is Ramin, and it has been Unlawyerly.